It's just gone 6.35 Central African time. You are listening to Radio Islam International. We are joined online by Sarah Sheikh, who is an occupational therapist, and she's going to be talking about mental health and men. So research by the World Health Organization has shown that South Africa has the third highest suicide rate of all African countries. A previous Health 24 report shows that the prevalence of depression in South Africa is close to 10%. Women are more affected by depression, but men are almost four times more likely to commit suicide. Um, Sister Sarah Sheikh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and welcome to Radio Islam International. Alaikum assalam, and Jazakallah for allowing me to have this interview with you. Let's start off. Um, is there a need for society to highlight mental health for men? I mean, you know, mental health, when we talk about it, we usually, uh, you know, narrow it to one or two issues, but we don't really focus it in terms of men. Let's talk about mental health in men. Is a need to highlight mental health for men because they are expected by society to suppress their feelings and responses to stresses. Because there is this idea of men are stronger physically, we automatically think that men are stronger emotionally as well. And we think more vulnerable and more emotional and more expressive um, emotionally. Mm. But the truth is men actually... Uh, if not more, they are emotionally emotional, doesn't get acknowledged. And this results in um, severe mental health conditions. The conditions that I normally work with are personality disorders, anxiety and depression, schizophrenia, suicide, like you mentioned, a lot of substance use, Conduct disorders and oppositional defiant disorders in children. And then we've got now postpartum paternal depression that we're seeing a lot. So, yes. Mm. Let's throw social media in the mix. And, and in the context of that, ask this question that uh, previously, if people were feeling down and out, they understood and they acknowledged, okay, this is life. Some days you feel down and depressed. You feel like things are not working out and that's how life is they acknowledge that emotion and that sentiment but nowadays with social media the the the, the pervasive nature of social media and when you are scrolling through the feeds of hundreds of people you only seeing color happiness glory fame automatically you think that your life is miserable your life is depressed mm -hmm. in your life is dull life has got no color how has social media compounded the problem so basically, people uh, don't understand that social media is a, it's a moment in somebody's life. It's not someone's life throughout, you know. The social media status, display picture, picture is all selected. So this basically compounds people to, it basically pushes men especially to do more because they have this demand from their families and then this expectation from their families that you know my life needs to be a certain way because i saw that this neighbor and this friend and this family member is continuously progressing in life and it actually results in men starting to to think about the future more than they should it's always nice to set goals for your own future but um 
it becomes unhealthy when you start to think, well, you know, I'm going to retire at five million and my friend who's done something or who is the same age as me is in a successful business and will probably retire with a lot more than me. And that is what, it's the goal setting that becomes compounded by social media. There's no harm in looking at social media in a certain way. But the problem comes in when the goal setting becomes unrealistic and the insight into life becomes unrealistic. Mm. And talking about mental health men, yes, uh, can you hear Sister Sister Sarah? Yes, I can hear you. Yes. Uh, let's talk about mental health and, and men. Um, the starting point is to acknowledge and to, to, take, mm-hmm. to be cognizant of the fact you are struggling with something. But yes. so many times, the person himself is not even sure what he is dealing with, let alone acknowledging that he has a problem. Mm-hmm. So, so how do we help people in a situation like this? How do we tell them? How do we make them understand the telling signs? What do we tell them to look out for? How do we make them acknowledge that what's happening in their life is actually depression? So what we tend to do is we definitely get into a lot of um, insight and self-reflection. You know, if you give them the education, you tell them these are the signs you need to look for in yourself or in a family member and perhaps recommend. It's always because, you know, mental health is already seen as a taboo in society. When men become associated with such conditions, they are perceived as detrimental to society. So it is about, it's a lot about education. Um, you know, for example, you'd, ha- you'd have a man with a mental health condition and not many people know about it or family refuses to accept that there's a mental health condition despite the, the knowledge they have. And this man will be at a functional level. He will be able to go to work. He will be able to maintain social relationships. He'll be able to realistically and constructively engage in leisure activities. But just when he, as soon as he has an aggressive outburst, he becomes labeled automatically or perceived as having a relapse in into whatever mental health condition he probably was um, seen for, you know. And this results in the society of fully emotionally weak and docile and inexpressive men. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's basically the... Mm-hmm. Hello? So, Sister Sarah, uh, what, what support structures do we have for men in terms of mental health support, awareness and all that, what support structures do we have? So with mental health, um, like I said, there's always the, the mental health personnel. We prioritize our goals by ensuring that they get into a work or productivity program, ensuring that their self-care is important and they have social and their social problems are dealt with in an effective manner. And then much of it is a lot of stakeholder collaborations between clinicians and between um, support structures that you're talking about. And these support structures include the mental health association. So we've got Sanka for substance use and then we've got Narcotics Anonymous for uncontrolled tobacco use and other um, drug-related, gambling-related problems. 
we've got the rehab teams, we've got ADHD, schizophrenia, bipolar mood disorder, support groups and associations available. And then we also have another thing that we we tend to ignore is domestic violence towards men. And that's also a support system that we aim to provide for the men who are dealing with these mental health conditions. Yes, and you know, early on I mentioned that South Africa has the third highest suicide rate of all African countries. Now, we want yes. to know, how do people reach such a stage where they're willing to take their lives? I mean, didn't the family around them or the friends or the close ones pick up these signs? How do we educate the masses as far as this is concerned? And how do we better equip the community at large? Um, this mostly happens through campaigning. We have um, a lot of campaigning events that speak particularly to substance use and suicide because of their high rates and the increasing rates. The most we can do is provide education. We can provide um, warning signs to people. We let them know, you know, once you start feeling at this point when they have everything they should have to get by in life or to live comfortably, in life to maintain their social relationships, to maintain their standards of living, to maintain uh, constructive leisure activities. Despite all of this, if there's a feeling of worthlessness or a feeling of hopelessness, there's a feeling of unreciprocated care, then we would, we would definitely recommend that these patients or people seek assistance because they are at a very great risk of um, committing suicide or at a great risk of attempting suicide. You know, these kinds of feelings come from, like I, they come from an expectation that you have, which is unrealistic. And when the expectation is not met, then you start to feel alone. You feel worthless. You feel hopeless. There's, there's just a whole array of negative emotions that may be, compounded by other mental health conditions, inevitably this is when people decide, you know, death would be better for me. A lot of these people who are suicidal will mention that I'm better off when you aren't around. I mean, you are better off when I'm not around. And families don't understand these subliminal messages. So the best way to do this is to educate families about warning signs, about... Uh, Patients themselves about their own warning signs, self-reflection, self-realization. 100%. Sister Sarah, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated on Radio Islam International. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.